Hello and welcome back to the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter here with Dale Lolly of DKPittsburghSports.com. It was a wild end to the week for Steelers fans. Man, Dale, we we had ideas that something like this could happen, but when it actually does all go down, and that being that being David DeCastro being released by the Steelers, their nine-year, six-time Pro Bowl. Uh, guard who's been a stalwart member of that offensive line for most of the last decade uh, him being gone and then within hours of letting him go they go and sign Trey Turner who they had for a visit uh, late last week it's kind of a wild, a wild turn to actually see it happen oh so quickly but such is life in the NFL right yeah um, you know I, I think that the Steelers have been very hush hush about what was going on with the Castro Trust me, I ask people, mm. uh, multiple people in within the organization, hey, what's going on with David? Oh, you know, he's just dealing with something, um, you know, no big deal, no big deal. Well, it turns out it's a big deal. He needs he needs another surgery. Um, mm. And so, you know, a third surgery would be his third surgery on his ankle. Uh, he was going to be sidelined for an extended period of time. And the Steelers decided, you know what, we got to we got to find somebody else to play that position. Um that's why they looked at Trey Turner just in case David, you know, DeCastro needed that surgery. Uh, he was still getting a, a second opinion on that and uh, turns out that it's needed. And so he's going to have the surgery and the Steelers deciding, you know what, we need to sign Trey Turner. We need the money. We need the cap space. Uh, let's go sign Trey Turner. Yep. I mean, it seems very straightforward in this regard that, you know, David DeCastro, he had one year left on his deal. If he's out for an extended amount of time, how does that help the Steelers? You're not even sure if he's going to be healthy to play at all in 2021. You need, you know, especially with, you know, the situation with Roethlisberger and the importance of this year and the other one-year deals that are on the line with this season. You got to make it count this year. And if you get a Trey Turner, now Trey Turner dealt with an injury early last season, but he rebounded and finished the season strong with eight games. Um you know, he's a guy, he's been a five-time pro bowler. He wasn't last year, but he's been a guy who has run it and they signed him very quickly. Now you have the guy on a, a guard on a one-year deal where he's, he's going to be, you know, one of the most experienced guys on the offensive line, maybe the most experienced guy on the, on the starting offensive line. Um, and now it really is a completely new look O-line for the Steelers. You know, we were thinking all, all along that, you know, David DeCastro would kind of be leading this young ragtag group with Kevin Dotson and a rookie in Kendrick Green and Zach Banner, you know, getting a second go at right tackle and Chikuma for bumps and over. Now it's going to be a whole new look. It is. Um, you know, you're looking at a, a situation where your most established starter with this team started 15 games last year, but not the season opener. Right. Uh, you know, Zach Banner started the opener last year and that's all he started. Uh, I, I keep seeing things, however, like people say, well, JC Hassenauer is going to be the center. No. It's not going to happen. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it now. Um, that's people looking at, I don't know what our lads or something and seeing that's, that's the depth chart. Um, it's either going to be BJ Finney or Kendrick Green. I, I would be shocked uh, if JC Hassenauer was their starting center in week one. Um, you know, so. It, there's not a ton of experience here, but, um, you know, it's all new. So they get a chance to, uh, to, to go through this together. It, it's not 
it's very rare that you have an offensive line unit that was together as long as this one was. Um, and, you know, the gang's broken up. The Beatles have broken up. <laughs> I mean, that was something that was talked about for years, right? Was how Alejandro Villanueva, Ramon Foster, Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, and for a time, Marcus Gilbert, how they were together for so long. And, and they were the same offensive line coming together every year. And then even when Gilbert left, you still had those four. And then even when Foster left in 2019, you still had those three. And then in one season, all three of those last guys are out of here. Two, you know, one guy retires, another guy's let go, another guy goes to the Ravens, and who knows? David Castro may actually retire. Depends, I guess he's, it's going to depend on that surgery and how that goes, and everything that's everything else that plays into it. But, I, I I've been I've talked to some people, and they think he's going to retire. Yeah. Um. You know, it's just I, I don't see him wanting to play somewhere else. Um. You know, he's got all the money he could possibly need. Um, you know, the body is starting to break down. It was the ankle. Then it was the knee and the chest last year. Um, you know, he, I think at this point he, he, he may be good with it. That, that, you know, I look, I got nine years in the NFL. That's, that's enough for me. I mean, that's enough for anybody and especially for offensive linemen and an offensive lineman that has played the physical kind of career that David DeCastro has. He was the enforcer for the Steelers offense for so many years. You know, I, I remember in the, the when Le'Veon Bell was like a second-year player and he took a late hit from Luke Kuechly, and the first person who got up in Kuechly's face was David DeCastro. When Vontez Burfick was taking out people left and right and he was going after guys, you who'd you see going after him? David DeCastro. When Eric Reed hit Ben Roethlisberger after he's tried to slide and end a play, who was there to defend him? David DeCastro. That's who he's been, not just after the play, but during the play, standing up to the other team's biggest and baddest guys. But that takes a toll on you. And clearly it, it, it had last year. You saw some of the injuries. And as tough as David DeCastro was, was it was reasonable to, to uh, or has been. It, it was reasonable to think, hey, you know what? He can bounce back, bounce back from this. We have to see him do it. But it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could have. But now the Steelers, they've seen enough. Like, hey, man, we need to know that you're good to go for training camp and all this year. There cannot be a waiting period where they're going into October, November, wondering when do we see the DeCastro of old? That can't be a question this time around. No, it can't. And, and so you need to prepare the guys to, to play. We're going to be healthy. Uh, we're we're going to be ready to go. I got a cat fight going on here <laughs> in the background. I'm going to start to uh, – one of my cats is the David DeCastro of this house. <laughs> oh, um, okay. And he needs to step in here and, and break up this little fight. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a sad day. Um, you know, I can remember when David DeCastro joined the Steelers, and he was a no-nonsense guy. Mm -hmm. um, you couldn't get two words out of him in an interview. Uh, you know, within the next few years, he's all of a sudden now the, uh, you know, he wins the chief award Yeah, uh, as, as the team's the guy who helps the media out the most. He was always, always, always on point. He was always um, very honest and very blunt mm -hmm. a lot of times. And I, th I, I think last year, not only with the injuries, but with the COVID situation, he didn't have a lot of the fun playing football last year. He did say that. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't, he, you know, he was honest about it. Look, it's, you know, we play for the fans and there's no fans. What are we doing? Um, and that's tough. And so I, you know, I, I just, it, it's a tough way for some of these guys to go out. 
but that's the reality of, of, you know, football. Uh, nobody plays forever. At some point, Tom Brady is going to walk away. Some, you know, point. At some <laughs> point, um, you know, there aren't many guys in this game who get to go out on their own terms. Right. You know, so we'll see what happens with David DeCastro. I don't expect him to play again, but uh, always had a ton of respect for him. Absolutely. Great guy. Great individual. Same as Marquise Pouncey. Mm-hmm. Uh, great guy. Great individual. Uh, these guys are going to be missed in that locker room. I mean, and that's the other thing, the, the, this, the, the vacancy that it leaves, you know, in leadership, in tone setting, uh, you know, even if David DeCastro wasn't always the loudest person in the room, he was the, he was a, he was a dude that, that set the tone for everybody else. And, and again, it, sometimes it's not about being like, like the Ray Lewis guy that yells in the middle of the huddle. Sometimes it's just about like, Hey, let's get it together. Like, look like how that we, guy does his job. Right. Right. Yeah. The guy that does his job and, and holds other people accountable. Like you and I were there in the when they were playing the Bengals in the game where Ryan Chazier got hurt and then Juju Smith-Schuster took out Vontez perfect and after that Juju was like losing he was wilding out he was getting real cocky and at one point like he was kind of dancing like after a play and DeCastro gripped him up and you couldn't tell what exactly he was saying but you could tell what he was saying because then afterwards he threw Juju away and Juju calmed down and got back into the game that's who DeCastro was he didn't just enforce the other team he was the guy that set the Steelers straight he's like look man you got you got to cut that out right now um you know, every everything that I've ever seen or heard or when I've talked to David DeCastro in the locker room, uh, you know, he he, exude, he exudes class, leadership, everything that it takes to be a Steeler. And it's crazy because like, and it's so funny to me because he wore 66. He was out. You know, Alan Fanica was just a decade before him. And, you know, and, and, and now you got these two guys who are, you know, I think you you put them in the top of the Steelers guards all time when you start when you start piling up you know, where each of them last. I mean, Alan Fanica is going in the hall of fame this year. Um, you know, David DeCastro, I, I'm not sure about if he'll get those kind of considerations. Uh, but he certainly, I think he, he's definitely going to be a ring of honor dude when, you know, when all said and done with the Steelers. Yeah, probably not, uh, you know, enough accomplishments to be in a hall of fame. Right. Um, I think three time first team, all pro, which looks good, but in a bunch of pro bowls, but, uh, Probably just short of a of a Hall of Famer, but a Hall of Fame person, Hall of Fame uh, you know individual, and so yeah, he'll be he'll be a, a Ring of Honor guy or Hall of Honor guy for the Steelers at some point. Um, again, now you get two of those guys that you have mm-hmm. to replace in an offensive line. Uh, Alejandro Villanueva is another one. This it does make me wonder, Chris. What's that? We've seen Marquise Pouncey retire. Mm-hmm. We've seen David DeCastro retire. Mm-hmm. Alejandro Villanueva signed that contract with the Baltimore Ravens, and he's older than both of those guys. Yeah. You know, what are the Ravens getting this year in Alejandro Villanueva? It's a good question. It's a very good question. And, and, you know, maybe you could say, well, Villanueva hasn't taken the beatings that those guys have because they were two of the more physical guys in the Steelers offensive line and they played in the interior. But still, to your point, he's older. You know, and he's gonna be, and and he's gonna have to deal with the likes of T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett and all these other you know serious edge rushers in the AFC North multiple times this next year. You know, that's gonna be a serious test, and how that goes. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit more about what the Steelers need to be looking at moving forward with this drastic change of going from DeCastro to Turner. We'll do that right after this break.
back here on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter here with Dale Lolly, continuing to talk about the epic changes that came this week with Trey Turner and David DeCastro. Uh, well, David DeCastro being out, Trey Turner being in. Now, Dale, we don't know the numbers of Trey Turner's contract. We know it's a one-year deal. Um, David DeCastro, when he was released, cleared up about $8.75 million. Uh, according to overthecap.com, that would put the Steelers at around $16-ish million um, in cap space. Is it reasonable for someone to think that with Trey Turner being signed that it might not have been too expensive for the Steelers to still be on the look on the lookout for another veteran out there in free agency. Yeah, I think anytime you can add quality offensive linemen, um, you try to do so. Um, you know, I uh, suggested a couple of weeks ago that the Steelers kick the tire on Morgan Moses. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the best offensive lineman still out there. He's primarily a right tackle, um, but I, you know, I think he's one of the better right tackles in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some other guys out there as well, that, but, uh, he's, he's available, he's healthy. Um, you know, maybe he's waiting right now to see if somebody, uh, you know, has a, a great offer for him. Somebody goes down in training camp or something like that. But, uh, I'd certainly, again, kick the tires on that to see, um, you know, what's going on with, with him. Uh, the Steelers, if, if you look at what they have on the offensive line, um, they don't have any star power right now on their offensive line. No. It's, it's all very unproven. DeCastro was going to be the star power on that yeah. offensive line. What they do have, in my opinion, is some depth. Mm-hmm. I think if you look at the guys who were the backups uh, or the presumed backups uh, on this offensive line, um, there are a lot of teams out there that would like to have nine NFL offensive linemen. They're lucky if they have four or even, you know, if they have five, they're, they're living large. There just right. isn't – there aren't that many offensive linemen, in, you know, coming out each year. Um, you know, so the Steelers have some guys there like, uh, you know, Coward that they got from from uh, Chicago or Joe Haig as a backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they drafted Dan Moore. They drafted Kendrick Green. They brought in B.J. Finney. You have Hassenauer there who's who started some NFL games. So they've got guys in that mix on the bench who, who can step in and play. But what they need is, is this line. You don't need to have stars on your line. If this goes back to what uh, you know we talked about when we talked uh, when we were talking about uh, the Steelers drafting a running back uh, in the first round. It's it, the running back can make your line better. Yes, it just can, uh, and it's that's the quickest way to fix your running game is to quick is to fix is the is to fix the running back position. Um, so you know they, they're going to have a new. Uh, way of playing as well a new style of playing they're going to be more physical um this makes it easier to to do all that you know there's there shouldn't be not that the castro had a big ego or anything like that mm-hmm. but there should be no ego among anybody on that right. offensive line they, they call them the no names we'll call them whatever you want to call them uh but yeah it's it's a it's a young untested group that you know it's going to get a chance to grow together as we saw last year ben roethlisberger got rid of the football more quickly than anybody else in the league. Uh, I think 2.17 seconds. It was his average uh, time to throw. He's not going to get sacked a lot if that happens. Right. And if they're running the ball effectively, uh, they can have a very good offense. Uh, you know, I don't, they were 10th in the league last year in time of possession mm-hmm. without being with, able to run with the being worst run the rushing offense. Yeah. Yes. That doesn't happen. 
Um, so this can still be a good offense and, and can still, they can still do a lot of things with this offense. Um, you know, they just have to do it a little bit differently than how they had been doing it. Something else to consider here, Dale, and I've written about a bit about this a couple times, but when Adrian Clem comes in and he says, we're going to do the run through your face mentality, we're going to, you know, be more physical. Um, and, and the offensive linemen have said, have said, yeah, that's, that's kind of what our meetings have been about. Just being more physical and being more dominant. When you have guys who are in your twenties and now all of their starters are presumed starters are in their twenties right now. Um, when you have those, when you have those, you know, younger legs in there, I have to think that it's going to be, it, it's, it's going to allow them to sort of push these guys a little bit more to be like, Hey, younger guys, you know, you're, you know, David Castro, he'd been through some wars, Marquise Pouncey, he'd been through some wars. Maybe their power wasn't there anymore. Trey Turner, you know, at least, at least a year or two ago, his power has been there. Zach, Zach Banner, he's big. They need him to have that power. Kendrick Green, he's about power. Kevin Dotson, we've seen his power. There's going to need to be that kind of functional strength that changes the line of scrimmage and dictates the tone of the game when the, when the run game needs to get going. And, and I just, I think that having youth on the offensive line, even as you know, there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be, uh, you know, dis, you know, miscoordination and mistakes here and there. But uh, I, I do think that, that having that youth there could be a good way to push this, this unit forward as they, as they kind of refigure out who is the Steelers offensive line. Yeah, I mean, you got a whole group of guys who are kind of young and dumb. They don't know any better. <laughs> they don't know that they're supposed to stink. So you know, go out and play well. They're you know they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder this year. I don't I don't have any doubt about that. We already heard guys talking about hey, we we're supposed to stink. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I would also suggest to people who don't think that you know, again, I'll say the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, name me some of their offensive linemen. There's just there's no high you know high pedigree guys there. Uh, you know, but Brian O'Neill. When Dal- O'Neal. when Dalvin Cook's running the football, they look like a good unit. When mm-hmm. the, in reality, is they're not all that great. You know, when it's somebody right. other than Dalvin Cook, it's it, the results aren't quite the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing here. Is that is that uh, you know, when you go back and you think, you know, I think some people they immediately go back to that mid twenty tens. Cowboys offensive line that had like three all pro guys and then Ezekiel Elliott joined. But a lot of those, I mean, look at, look at Derrick Henry's off offensive line, you know, not, There's, not, not everyone there's a They played without Taylor Lewan for most of the season or half, over half the season last year. He ran for 200, 2000 yards. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the thing. And their that, first for their first round right, right tackle. Didn't you play a snap right. and mm-hmm. got released? He got, yeah, yeah, that's a whole nother story. Uh, but, but point being, and this isn't to say that offensive linemen don't matter. It's no. just saying, it's just saying that like, look, when you have a great running back in what they think they have in Najee Harris is a potentially a great running back. That's going to negate you needing a super elite offensive line. You can win with an average offensive line. I mean, heck, you know, you know, even without the run game per, per se, go back to that 2008 Steelers offense. They, you know, people said that was the worst offensive line to ever win a Super Bowl, but they were able to do it. And that team had what? That's, a, that's you know, the, the worst offensive line to ever win a Super Bowl. Yeah. That's like saying, uh, you, you're the, uh, Chris, you are the dumbest person to ever win a million dollars. Exactly. Like, I'll take okay. my million dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> call me, me whatever you want to call me. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, 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 you know, and, and I will be. I will happily take that title as long as it comes with the million dollars. And that was the bottom line. And, and you know, and, and and but 
you know, not that 2008 has pertinence on this year, but it's just a reminder that even if they aren't good right away, even if they don't gel right away, that, that this team can still find a way to function while this group is growing and figuring out who are those stars? Because that is going to be the question, though, in a few years, who can become stars in the offensive line? Yeah, and the great thing is, is you have Ben Roethlisberger there. You have a veteran quarterback. You don't have a quarter, you know, a young guy who's in year two or three, uh, you know, trying to figure out, okay, who's blitzing from where? Ben Roethlisberger knows these things. Yeah. You know, so he can help that offensive line out a great deal as well. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll see how it works out, um, you know. Le- Last thing here, Dale, before we go, do you think this kind of catches Ben Roethlisberger a little bit off guard? Because that was one thing when he when he decided to stick around, you know, Marquise Pouncey, we knew he was gone. But now David DeCastro was like the one last guy that he like knew knew. And now he's kind of like, oh, boy, I got this whole young offensive line around me. It, it, it's it's a different it, it's kind of crazy because when he came in, he was the baby in the offensive line was was the group of veterans. The guys who were long a tooth. Yeah. Right. And now um, it's, it's yeah. the complete opposite. Yeah. The dynamic has changed. And so we'll see where that goes. But, uh, you know, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, as you said, he bleeds black and gold. I expect him to, uh, you know, be a older brother, be a mentor, be a dad to some of these guys. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be an interesting dynamic. It certainly will be. We will continue to keep you up to date on what that dynamic is like for the Steelers. Uh, we still have uh, over a, about oh, about a month, I'd say, until training camp gets gets started. Uh, we also know that training camp won't be in Latrobe this year. It was a, announced the Steelers couldn't get approval to get it in Latrobe, so they will have it split between Heinz Field and uh, the UPMC Sport uh, Rooney Sports Complex on the South Side. And uh, there will be, we've been told there will be limited availability to fans at Heinz Field. Uh, we will report those dates to you as soon as possible on DKPittsburghSports.com, as well as all the news. And, and, and if you want more on the David DeCastro and uh, Trey Turner news, go right to our website, DKPittsburghSports.com. You can read us, check us out. Dayon's got a column. I've got a classroom on Trey Turner. We've got all the reporting on the entire situation. And there's the Friday Insider that's going to have stuff on the Steelers, Pirates, and Penguins all right right for you on the website from this past weekend such a such a lot of information such great content if you want to just check us out know that you can that you can go to our website and get a seven day free trial of what dk pittsburgh sports is like so that you can see all the great coverage that we provide check us out there but if you just want to want the free podcast always you can get you can download those on apple spotify and google podcasts or anywhere podcasts are hosted remember rate us five stars with a positive review That stuff helps us out. Thanks again for listening to the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast. We will be back at you real soon.